0: All right, welcome back to this uh, Struggles of a Christian podcast. Today, we're going to look at a very simple thought. And that simple thought is look and live. Look to the cross of Christ and live. For therein is salvation. Therein is hope. Therein, the cross of Christ is healing, forgiveness, peace, and joy. Look and live. We sing songs about it. What does it mean? The whole Bible points to the cross in Christ. The Old Testament points forward to it. The New Testament points backwards at it. It is his story. The Bible, history is his story. The cross of Christ was foreshadowed in the Old Testament when the people of Israel angered God and he sent the serpents among them. In Numbers 21, 6, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. Set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass, that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So the Lord sent serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people died. Why did God send the serpents? because the children of Israel were speaking against Moses and grumbling and complaining again. The people come to Moses and say, we have sinned again and have spoke against God again and you, and we are sorry again. (laughs) And Moses prayed for the people again. (laughs) Again. This is a recurring theme throughout uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, the people sinned, the people grumbled, the people complained. Then the people go to Moses and say, Moses, forgive us, God. our Moses prays to God, God, forgive him. And here we are. So God says, all right, we're going to make it better. So Moses, make yourself a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And lift it up that any who look on that fiery serpent shall be saved. Make yourself a fiery serpent. It's going to be made of brass. It's going to be lifted up that any who look on that fiery serpent shall be saved. If the snake on the ground bites you, look upon the pole that's lifted up and be saved. Important point. You had to be afflicted. You had to be bitten to look upon it and be saved. It did no one any good if they were healthy to look on it. If they were healthy, they didn't need it. Same thing with the cross of Christ. Only those who know they are sinners look at the cross and see their need for it. Another lesson for us, only in our need do we see the cross. That's, a, that's a, a wonderful point right there. Christ didn't come to help the righteous. The righteous don't need him. He came to help the rest of us who can't make it on our own. Look and live, my brother live. The simplicity of the message, but no how hard it is for any to do. So we're going to John 3. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Let me let me do John 3.15 again. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus knew from the very beginning why he was coming to this earth. All the other stuff is just setting the table. The teaching, the healing, the preaching. He, he wanted the people to know God. And he set the example and he, he helped his people. He, he went out among them. But he came for one reason, and that is to die, that we might have life, that we might have hope, that man who can do nothing for himself might be redeemed from our sin. Here at the beginning of his ministry, he is talking to Nicodemus, and telling him that just as the serpent was lifted up, so too must the Son of Man be lifted up. For in that lifting shall be the salvation of the world. Just as when Christ was lifted on that cross, he was set between heaven and earth, too high for man, but much lower than God, and he is there alone, suspended. And that is where life is, in his death. And whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him, that he is God, should not perish, but have eternal life. So what is the unpardonable sin? Rejection of Christ. That's it. Christ and Christ alone can save. Jesus was lifted up between heaven and earth, that all who might be afflicted can look and live. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved. God loved the world when the world was unlovable. When the world was unabashedly wicked and evil, God so loved the world. Not when it was easy, not when it was pretty, not when it was in vogue, but God so loved the world when it was sin-filled, hateful, and totally rebelling against him. God gave the world a gift, and the world wanted nothing to do with him. They kill him. That's love, that he still loves us, that he gave his only begotten son. God gave us Christ. God himself left the throne in heaven came to this earth in our form, in our weakness, in our frailty, in our limited understanding. He came in this vessel that we have. Yes, he was full God. He was also full man in that body. The very God of the universe, the one who breathed life into us, came to this earth and gave his very last breath on this earth that we might have life. He gave us the breath of life, both physically, In the garden, and spiritually by expelling his last for us on the cross, dying, and then rising again on the third day. Therein is love. And why did he do it? That whosoever that one word there seems to be so very hard for so many to understand. Calvinism says God already knows who's going to be saved. Well, if God has already already knows and already has set aside those who are going to be saved, then whosoever is a lie, the Bible's a lie and get rid of it. God said whosoever, who God said whosoever. That means whosoever. It doesn't mean this 144,000. It doesn't mean the black marbles. It means who Ever will. That means me. That means you. That means them. Us. Whoever wants to, whosoever will. Anyone and everyone has the option to be whosoever. Predestination, no such thing. Whosoever will. Now God does know who's going to, but He did not appoint them. He did not give them that desire to do so. He said, here's the cross, look and live. Whosoever, there you go. That whosoever believeth on him shall not perish. See, to me, right there, that ought to be the main selling point. But some people fail to understand, to grasp, that all you must do is believe. What does whosoever mean? It means a formal term for whomever. So, whoever believes on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be saved. In the Old Testament, any that were bit by the servants could look and live. What did they have to do to be healed after being bitten? They had to believe, and and in that belief, lift their eyes and look and live. That was it. Do you think any of them in the Old Testament and and that were seen ever thought, um, that's too easy? it's too simple surely it can't be that easy and they died from disbelief that's interesting do you have you ever thought about that how many people that were bit by the fiery serpent said wait wait all i gotta do is look at at this cross i'm in agony i'm in pain and i gotta lift my eyes and look at this cross uh Come on, something else is going to take something bigger. How many of them do you think thought that and died because they were just unwilling to lift their eyes and look at the serp—the brass serpent on the pole? So many of them died from sheer disbelief. At least you, you got to assume that some of them did because us humans, we're stubborn people. And right there, I said died from disbelief. And I, I purposely said disbelief instead of unbelief for i believe many know that they must believe but can just not accept that it is that simple that they 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 wanted to believe but they couldn't believe that it was that easy to be saved many people cannot accept that it's just that simple when in reality it's not simple believing in christ is hard because you got the devil fighting against you but it is that simple For man to accept that it's that simple is the hard part. I know I'm I'm going in circles, but if if you look down into the, the human psyche, you understand that anything this easy, nobody can believe that eternal salvation hinges upon a simple, I believe, but it does. In the New Testament and beyond, what must we do for salvation? We must believe. And who must believe? Whosoever will. Who is the whosoever comprised of? Whoever wants to. Okay, so whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. This means, stay with me now, this means that those that do not believe shall die an everlasting death. It's either eternal life or flip side, eternal death. I don't know how that might be misconstrued, but it gets all bent up by man. Jesus tells Nicodemus, Whosoever will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Therefore, if you do not believe, if you do not look to the cross of Christ and live, you shall have everlasting death. Jesus says you must look and live. He's God. You believe him, you're going to heaven. Therefore, by logical assumption, we must believe that any who do not believe shall perish. Jesus says there is one way and only one way to get to heaven. He does, and he's God. This truth, that one line has caused so much for Christians in this world. For we have a whole lot of folks who want to believe that good works, being a good person, will get you to heaven. There are those who want you to believe that they too shall get to heaven, even if they do not believe in Christ. There is no other way to heaven, period, except belief in Christ. The folks who say any different merely need to read the next verse, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus leaves no ambiguity here. He is crystal clear in both places. It is amazing to me that all those that seem to think they are going to be okay because Jesus loves them and will accept them as they are when he's not going to. He says quite clearly what must happen. You must be born again. You must believe, for he is the only way to heaven. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So whosoever believes shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Shall not perish. Seems like it's not that hard a decision then. Believe or die. Truly in the state of the saved person, we look at that and we think it's a no-brainer. Yet again, we go back to the whole need for the cross. You You had to have a need, know you had a need to look to the cross and be healed. Seeing the need for Jesus, seeing that we cannot do ourselves is necessary to that belief. It is that mindset that makes it so hard. For we must have need, we must see the need, we must choose to believe. All of life is choices. And there is no greater choice than salvation or death. And there is a choice, and that is all that your eternal destination hinges on. Do I believe or do I not? Not one choice in your life is greater than that. Yet how will they know which choice to make if they do not have all their options? If the world doesn't know all of their options, if they don't know the punishment, as well as the reward. If they don't know the end goal, if they don't know what happens if they don't or what happens if they do, how can they make that choice? Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? without a preacher. I hope you're hearing this and I hope you're seeing what I'm seeing. People will not know that they must look and live, that they must believe if we do not tell them. Yes, they have creation. Yes, they have all the world crying out to God. They have a spirit that convicts and nod, and and nudges. They have all these things, but they need us to tell them what they're seeing, to tell them what they need. Do you know that right here in America, there are people who do not know of Jesus? Do you know that right here in Missouri, there are people that have no idea they're going to die and go to hell? And why? Because we have not told them that whosoever can only apply to those that have heard. So I'm going to tell you one last thing about a guy named Charles Peace. And I really want you to get this because I'm going to read word for word um, the account of Charles peace, the last uh, the last days of Charles Peace. And that is Charles, and his last name is peace, p e a c e. Look him up, Google him whatever. cause here we go. On the morning of his execution, Peace ate a hearty breakfast of eggs and salty bacon and calmly awaited the coming of the public executioner, William Marwood, Marwood, inventor of the Long Drop. He was about to be hanged. He was escorted on the death walk by the prison chaplain, who was reading aloud from the Consolations of Religion. How fitting that the Consolation of Religion be read on the way to Agalas. The Consolations of Religion. He wasn't getting the gospel. He's getting read to from some liturgy book. Think about that. He was being read from the constellations of religion about the fires of hell. Peace burst out to the guy who was reading the book. Sir, if I believe what you and the church of God say that you believe, even if England were covered from with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it. If need be, on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from eternal hell like that. Peace was buried in Armley Gowell. He was 46 years old. Charles Peace, on the way to the gallows, says, If I believed as you say you do, I would do whatever it takes to make sure all men hear the gospel and the truth, even if I have to crawl on broken glass across England. A man on his way to the gallows is telling the priest, who he probably had never met, that the priest is a Hypocrite and does not really believe what he is preaching and reading. How many on Judgment Day will look at us and know we didn't cross England on broken glass to tell them? How many who need to hear will never hear this truth because we did not tell them? How many of the whosoever's will go to hell for our lack of urgency, our lack of conviction? How many will know we didn't even cross the street to tell them about Jesus? How many will never hear because we did not tell them? Look and live, my brother live. They can't look and live if they don't know of the fiery serpent. They can't look and live if they don't know of the cross. They can't look and live if they don't know they need to look and live. Whosoever will may come, but we must tell them. All right, until next time, have a great day.